Mic test, Michael test, one, two, three. Last month, we looked at the seven great statements Jesus made as he hung on the cross, dying for our sins. As we spoke last Sunday of the great forgiveness that act bought for us, we looked at the book of Hebrews and how he died once for all, as the writer says, and that just as he declared with his final breaths, it is finished. Having spent nine and a half chapters... (laughs) Reminding us of what Jesus did for us, the writer of the book finally gets to his point and begins his application in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is one of the few passages in the New Testament that actually is in the context of the Sunday worship assembly. There's really not many of those. Another one is found in 1 Corinthians 14, and it's very clear when you read the whole chapter that the purpose of our assembling together is for mutual encouragement so that we can do exactly what the writer of Hebrews says needs to be done here in our assembling together, and that is spurring one another on toward love and good deeds, encouraging one another, which is the whole theme of the book of Hebrews, so that we can remain faithful because he who promised made all those wonderful promises to us. He is faithful. And so we encourage one another as we meet together. We focus upon God. Clearly, God is our focus and is the only object of our worship. But the reason we do that together, the purpose of assembling together to worship, is so that we can mutually edify and encourage one another so that we can receive the encouragement that we need, but also so that we can be an encouragement to others. Granted, over these last several weeks, we have not been able to do that in person. There's been a lot of encouraging going on and a lot of blessings that we have received, Uh, but we have missed assembling and meeting together. And so as our country and our communities begin to look toward reopening and coming back from a pandemic, Our West Irwin leaders here are praying and considering what that will look like for the life and ministry of our own church family. You've heard it announced already as we began our service today and the announcements that Danny shared. Also, our shepherd, David Hammond, uh, as he reiterated those things and shared with us a word from uh, the shepherds of this church And we continue to pray for them, for our leaders. 
But we are excited about being together on May the 10th. Our hearts break that not all of us will be able to be together. But we also understand that in the blessings of the 21st century, we have this great technology available. So even if you are in that over 65 age group, even if you do have some medical conditions that prohibit you from coming in a safe way, you can still participate online, and we're thankful for that, and we want to encourage you to do that. Our elders have said and requested uh, that this be our plan for that first Sunday and perhaps for several Sundays as we return coming back from a pandemic. So we ask that you be conscious of those things and, and considerate of yourself and your family and your health and that of others as well. But as our governor, as our national leaders, as our community leaders have uh, instructed us and given us some guidelines and encouragement on how to ease back into uh, life, uh, as it were, before the coronavirus pandemic, uh, I thought it would be a good time and a good opportunity to take a look back over these last several weeks and also to look ahead as we consider this time of prayerful transition. So several things today as we look back and as we look ahead. First, our worship, our worship. I love the theme of worship. I love the topic and I love the activity. And it's a, it's a great message. It's a lot more than what we're doing right now as we gather as a church, even in different locations. But that is included and that's a very unique and specific part and time of our worship. But as we think back over these last several weeks, considering our worship, it continued. It never stopped. We continue to worship and adore and praise our God. Yes, it was different. Oh, yes, it was very different. Uh, many had appreciated and, and participated in our live stream uh, services uh, over these last several months that we've been able to do that. When you were away, when you were ill at home, if you were a shut-in. And that's such a great blessing. But all of us over these last several weeks now have been doing uh, church worship of the church that way and so it was different and yet it was the same it was the same we still sang great songs of praise to our God that encouraged each of us as we considered those great words we still prayed we still gathered around the table together even if it was uh, in different locations sharing that same great meal, the church's family meal, breaking bread together and drinking the cup of Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us. We still gave of our means. We still heard from the word of God. Uh, we have had the opportunity to study God's word continuously through several options, through several means, through Zoom classes, uh, that Danny Snell and Donnie Carnathan uh, lead on Sundays through our young people uh, going to Zoom class as David Keene led them, our college young adults as I've led them as well in those uh, discussions. Other opportunities on Wednesday night, our men's class and ladies' class has continued to meet. And as we think about that, I've uh, shared a Facebook Live study on the book of Matthew on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 4 p.m. on my Facebook page. So many great opportunities 
for us to continue to study, to continue to learn, and to continue to worship. Yes, it was different, and yet it was the same. It continued. Also, let's consider our giving. Like our worship, our giving continued. We continued to give. For many, there was a job loss. There were wages cut. There were hours cut. Uh, Perhaps some were furloughed. Um, Some were laid off. And as we have tried to remain in contact with our church family over these last several weeks, our elders, our shepherds, and our ministers have heard those stories. And we're very much aware of that. And so we understand that that for some, they were prohibited from giving as they had purposed in their hearts to give. And we understand that. Uh, We get that. In fact, for some, they might need help from the church. And we want you to reach out to us. Call on any of our elders or ministers. Contact Donnie Carnathan, our minister of benevolence. Uh, Contact any of our leaders if, if you need help, because that's why the church is here. We're here for each other. But for many others, there are lost contributions that need to be made up so that the work of the church here can move forward. For many, they are not strapped at all right now and can actually give a little bit extra than what you had purposed and planned because you know that the needs are there. Our church continues to work, and as you know, we have cut our budget significantly, and we are trying to do the very best that we can to manage Uh, with what we have and with what we expect to have. But for many, it's okay to be able to share a little bit more. It's not going to put you in a bad position at all. And so I ask that you prayerfully consider uh, doing exactly that so that the work of the church can move forward and now new needs that we have that many of our family didn't anticipate can be met as well. Also, let's think about our service as we consider these last several weeks. There were many who had special needs uh, during this time, but there were many others, actually more numerically, in fact, who shared with others and consistently told our leaders, hey, if there's anybody that you hear about that needs something, call on me. I have had so many people tell me, look, if somebody needs communion supplies, if somebody needs a toilet paper and can't find it, or flour and can't find it, or or if they just need to, to get to the grocery store for something and they can't get out or they don't want to get out, call me. I will be glad to go for them and to help them and to provide for them in any way that they need. Uh, I've had so many people tell me that and so many people actually doing that exact thing. What a blessing. What a blessing it has been. And I also want us to consider today in coming back from a pandemic, as we look back on these last several weeks, our church building. It's clearer than ever that the church is not the building. (laughs) That this facility is just that. It's part of our facilities. It's a building. But it's also clear that the building is a useful and valuable tool. Uh, One of the things that these last several weeks have made very clear to us is that the church is not the building, but at the same time, 
we as a very active church family use every bit of our facilities. This worship center and auditorium, our Bible class areas, our benevolent center, our fellowship areas in the family life center, our youth building in the lighthouse. We use every part of our building, every part of our facilities. And granted, it's not the church but it is a significant part and plays a significant role in the life and ministry of the church. And it's especially clear how much we value being together and how much we miss all the smiles, all the handshakes, all the hugs, all the caring, compassionate, genuine eyes that say, how are you doing? We've been able to do that through text messages and phone calls and emails but we miss being together. It's been nice over the last few weeks to see some of the faces of our kids, our shepherds, our young at heart uh, senior Christians, and today our youth group. That's helped us get through this, but we recognize that it's only a partial blessing. There's a unique encouragement that only personal contact can pass along. And we have missed that. But have we missed it enough? to make it a priority when we can all get together again. I hope as you're involved in this service today and as you prayerfully think back over these last several weeks and look ahead to the weeks to come that you'll ask yourself that question. How much of a priority have I put in the past months or years on gathering together in the worship assembly of God's family, the church, And will I place a priority on that in the weeks and the months and the years ahead? I understand that for many of you that are watching and listening to this right now, you realize that you're still several weeks out from that. Perhaps because of your age, perhaps because of your health, that puts you in a more vulnerable spot. And I beg you, please, please continue to worship from home. Our elders are begging you, please be safe and continue to worship from home. But for many of the rest of us, those aren't the issues that keep us away. And so I ask you to prayerfully think back over these last several weeks and think ahead and look ahead to the weeks ahead when this place will once again be full. Will you be here? Will you be here? And so let's talk specifically for a moment about our worship assembly. It's a different topic than worship. It's a more pointed, focused topic. Because I believe that Scripture says that we worship in every aspect of our lives. When Paul says in Romans 12 to make your bodies as a living sacrifice, that means there's nothing left out of your life. When he writes to the Colossians in chapter 3, he tells them everything you say and everything you do should be done in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so that makes those things an act of worship. We're kind and and genuine and compassionate toward others every day of our lives because of what Jesus has done for us. But there's a specific, unique aspect of the worship assembly, and we see that in passages like this one in Hebrews 10, like the one in 1 Corinthians 14, like the one in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, when Paul, in his travels, said on the first day of the week, we gather together to break bread. 
Well, many of the things that we took for granted have been taken away over these last several weeks. Being able to meet together, to see each other, to encourage each other in person. Again, those hugs and handshakes and smiles. And we've missed that. And I know that many of you who can't be here over the next several weeks have missed that as much as anyone. And again, our elders have said, we want you to be safe and we want you to continue to worship and we want you to join us in this assembly as soon as that is safely possible. But for the rest of us, it's an opportunity for us to recommit, to continue to see the importance of not just worship, but the worship assembly, that special gathering of God's people that happens only here And then let's talk for a moment about our church. Toward the end of this great epistle to the church, the writer of the book of Hebrews emphatically states what truly should have taken the priority in their lives. These words in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good. And to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And so we see in those two verses the definition of worship. Direct worship like we're doing right now and indirect worship. Which we have been doing so much every day. Serving others and being compassionate and helpful towards others. And kind and generous and loving and considerate. But also that time of offering up the fruit of our lips in praise to our great God. We understand that that is what God has called us to do and to be as a church, both of those. It's just as Jesus said in the greatest commandments, to love God, but also to love your neighbor as yourself. As we consider what we've been through and what we're going through still, and what's ahead as God graciously leads us out of this difficult time, we consider the church its importance and uniqueness, its essential nature in the plan of God and in our lives today. Jesus said in Matthew 16, while he was still alive upon this rock, that he is the Son of God. Jesus said, I will build my church. The shepherds of the church at Ephesus were counseled by the Apostle Paul in Acts 20, verse 28, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says much the same thing in Ephesians 5 in Ephesians 5 as he talks and counsels husbands telling them love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. The church is significant. You cannot overstate the importance and the uh, significance of God's family, the church. So today as we look ahead to that time when we're able to come together again, what will that mean? for you. Have these last several weeks impacted your life at all? Have they been a reminder of the significance and the importance of this very moment when the church gathers together to worship and to encourage one another as we do it? Will anything be different when we have the opportunity to again meet and worship together? Will it have a higher priority after being reminded over these last several weeks of its value? Will you put a renewed priority on the worship of the church and the encouragement you can receive? And especially the encouragement that you can give 
to others. You see, it's not just about you and what you need. It's about that brother or sister or that family or that young person or that elderly member that you will see when we're all able to meet together again who needs that word of encouragement from you that you can bring through your presence here together. Will we be present and participate with our brothers and sisters in Christ? Today I'm asking you, don't wait until we start up again to make that commitment. Make that commitment today. Make that commitment right now. Right now. Say to the Lord and promise the Lord and promise your loved ones, I will be faithful. This has been a great opportunity to be reminded of what's really important in our lives. And this will have priority. We have spoken at times over the last several weeks of seeing this time of being sheltered at home as an opportunity for a reset, to reset our priorities, to examine the place that the Lord and his word and his church have in our lives. Decide today to commit yourself to renewing your commitment to Christ, to the study and obedience of his word, and to actively participating in the life and ministry and worship assemblies of the Lord's church. So as we begin to close today, I want to remind us of our mission. And in doing so, remind us of our 2020 vision. You know, it seems like probably the most useless thing that was purchased over the last year were planning calendars for the year 2020. I doubt that anybody has fulfilled those. But our continued emphasis upon our 2020 vision is still very appropriate and very relevant. Look up, reach in. And grow out. Look up growing spiritually, leaning on God's word. We sang earlier, how shall the young secure their hearts and guard their lives from sin? And the song answers the question, thy word is everlasting truth. How pure is every page? That holy book shall guide our youth and well support our age. We look up to grow spiritually, and we've done that through our 40 days of prayer, which, if you've been calculating, actually was completed uh, just a couple of days ago. But we don't stop praying. And we still remember that great passage from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where God promises his people, pray, repent, and I will heal and forgive. Look up, growing spiritually. Reach in growing in love and unity, in our assembling together, in our giving for the life and ministry of the church, and in our prayers for one another. Continue to reach in. And then also remember to grow out. Growing numerically, sharing the love and word of Christ at every opportunity, any time you have the chance to do so. You can share with others about how Jesus has made it possible for you to get through this difficult time and how much you want your friend to experience that same help from the Lord, from his word, from his church. And so these words as we end the message today from Hebrews chapter 13 verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever 
and ever.